Hey everyone, this is 80s wrestling fan Brian, and I've got another episode of Legendary Wrestling Figures. Uh, this time I have Nate from at Ringskirts on Twitter. Uh, Nate is a collector and a uh, figure photographer, and more importantly, he builds the most uh, amazing sets out there. He has a really cool belt collection. Um, Nate, so excited to have you on. How's it going? Very good. Glad to be here, Brian. Glad you invited me on. Oh, I'm super stoked you're participating. Um, before we uh, before we talk about all the questions I have, uh, I want to talk about your fandom. I see you're from Pennsylvania. Did you uh, grow up there? Have you been there your whole life? Um, no, I'm a transplant. I grew up in northern New York State, up on the Canadian border. Um, and actually, how I got into wrestling was kind of through LJNs. I uh, played with my brother's LJNs before I even knew what wrestling was. So you just have, uh, is it is it just the one older brother, I'm guessing? Yep, one older brother. He's eight years older than me. So although I uh, missed a lot of that early Hulkamania run, I kind of lived through it through video with going back in time. Cool. Uh, who was your brother's favorite? He was a Hulkamaniac. He had the Hogan poster on his wall and handful of LGNs that I eventually stole. So, so I got to ask, uh, what year were you born? Uh, 83. I just turned 40 this year. Oh, well, congratulations. Uh, yeah, by the time this airs, I'll be 49 as we record them a, a couple days away. So I'm, uh, I'm right around the same age as your brother. Yeah, that sounds it. Now, being from the uh, the Northeast, do you think your parents or aunts, uncles, was was there anybody in your family that was into wrestling before you and your brother were into it? No, no. My family rejected wrestling. <laughs> they thought it was <laughs> completely ridiculous. Um, they begrudgingly, each of my parents begrudgingly took my brother to, yeah, my father took him to a card and said he would never go again. So my mother took him to the second card, and she said the same thing. So I was kind of screwed by the time I came into wrestling. Man, was that uh, Madison Square Garden that he got to go to, you think? Oh, no, far from it. Where I grew up is probably as far from New York City as you could be and still be in the state. So it was just a local, probably the C show at our local high school. Wow, so he got to go, but does that mean you never got to go to any shows when you were young? I did, but not with my parents. I went with uh I went with the um parents of my friends and then when I got old enough to go on my own, I went on my own. Oh cool. Do you remember the first card you went to? Yeah, the first WWF show I went to, it was a uh a Monday night raw that wasn't too far from my hometown and it was where uh um, where Lex Luger signed the contract for the match against Yoko at SummerSlam. Oh, cool. Uh, let me think. Was that about 93, 94? I think that was about 93, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Luger uh, made his debut at the Royal Rumble in 93, and that was it was like an hour and 20 minutes from where I grew up. Uh, it was in uh, in Sacramento at the Arco Arena. Um I'd wanted Luger to come to the WWF since I saw him in the magazines in like oh nineteen late eighty six or early eighty seven. So 
that's that's cool you got to see him at the first cart you went to uh do you remember the the main event um i don't necessarily remember the main event uh because gosh it was it was multiple it was at least two raws that were taped and it was a pretty long night but i do remember that it was the debut of jim Cornette, and at the time in my fandom i had no idea who he was but just listening to the promo he was cutting i could tell he was a real jerk yeah so so yeah so you were around 10 years old at the time and and then when i now when i look at your collection of the different uh belts and the figures and and see you know that you're very knowledgeable like when did you when did you really get into the history of wrestling and try to uh to learn about what the guys and because it it seems like you got a, a great amount of knowledge for uh for your age of the of the like the older guys you know like uh and the older history for when you started so when when did you when did you start studying you know it was probably kind of around that time maybe a year or two after because at that time as a 10 11 year old kid i couldn't get enough of wrestling and the two maybe three hours that were on tv every week weren't enough so Every weekend I could, I'd be at the video store renting whatever they had that I hadn't seen yet, and sometimes renting the same things over and over again um, to try to fill in the blanks of that history. So even though like people will kind of trash the new generation as being awful, at that time I was enjoying that stuff, but I was also enjoying kind of reliving the golden era for the first time. Well... I, I got into wrestling at, at 11 and, and there's something about that age, like uh, 10 to 12 or so where, um, you know, some of my most uh, best memories of vacations and wrestling and just the culture around you at 10 to 12 age, you're, you're just getting absorbed in everything. And, and it's such a nostalgic time. So um, it's not, it's not your fault that that's what they're programming when you were getting interested in wrestling at that time. And, and, you know, the older people that grew up before that and the people that grew up during the attitude era, they'd look at it, you know, not as well, but yeah, again, it's not, it's not your fault what they were programming when you were that age. You know, I always say, I feel like I feel blessed that I grew up with wrestling when I did, because when people said it went cartoony, I was like, nine, 10, 11 years old. So it seemed okay to me. And then when it got a little bit more of an edge, I was a teenager. So wrestling kind of grew up with me. And when it decided to kind of chill itself out a little bit, mellow itself out, I was getting older and mellowing out too. So I kind of feel like wrestling has mirrored my maturation. There you go. So uh, when you were going to the video store, were you just, was it all WWF or were you searching out other like WCW stuff, other stuff as well? Or So I was a WWF guy. Um, at the time I looked at WCW as second rate. Um, but even if I didn't, the video stores I had, there may have been like one or two WCW tapes. There may have only been one or two WCW tapes anyways, so they didn't have that much. So yeah. I had a friend who was one of my wrestling friends, and we would rent tapes with each other all the time. 
And it was a time where I had seen everything that they had at the video store. And we went with him and I'm like, oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. So he point, he's like, let's get this WCW tape. And I'm like, I don't know. It ended up being the Halloween havoc with the, uh, Oh, what is it? The chamber of horrors match. And we watched that and I'm like, dude, I told you never again. We're done with this WCW stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the one WCW tape I remember renting. That's funny. I feel like if they'd had Starcade 83, you'd have been more inclined to check out more WCW or NWA, I should say. <laughs> that being said, I did watch. I watched Saturday night because it was on, you know, and there wasn't anything else WF on at that time. Now, if I remember right, I saw something where one of the first carded LJNs that you bought new in a package was Outback Jack. And I think there was somebody else. Tell me about the first uh, brand new LJNs you ever got. Yeah, so it was. This was probably around, gosh, ninety three, is when I found them at this store. It was like a a toy liquidation store, so they had like all old stuff that didn't sell. So they had Outback Jack, Johnny V, oh, uh, Adrian Adonis was the third one. So Outback, Adrian, and Johnny. Did you go with Outback and Adrian or Outback and Johnny? Oh, I bought all three. Oh, nice. I I wasn't leaving them there. No, I bought all three. And at that time, I had stolen the four that my brother had. So that added to my little LJN collection. Do you remember which four he had? Yeah, absolutely. He had had Sheik, Snooka. Macho Man and Big John Stud. So you had Sheik, Snooka, Savage Stud, uh, all S's, and then you added Johnny V, Adonis, and Outback Jack. And when I bought those three, I had no idea who any of them were. Yeah, I guess they were all long gone right around when you started watching as far as in uh, WWF. I did get to see uh, all three in 87. Uh, Johnny V managed the dream, well, uh, Valentine and Bravo against the Rougeos. Um, Adrian was in a six-man tag right before WrestleMania, an elimination match, and uh, and then uh, Outback Jack I saw on a couple of occasions. Well, uh, was, this, was this adorable, Adrian, or was this... Uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was... Uh, he uh, switched over to the adorable gimmick in uh, late 85, might have been early 86 when it happened on television. But I, I started watching in uh, April, May of 86. And uh, to me, a lot of people talk trash about Adrian during that uh, adorable run. But uh, I feel like it was his most successful time as a singles. He got to uh, have a house show feud with Hogan he was the talk show segment on every week of the number one show they had on syndicated TV. And he, uh, he got to wrap up in a huge angle with Roddy Piper and what Piper thought was his, uh, his retirement run in, uh, in WWF. So I, I feel like Adrian deserves a lot more credit than he gets for, uh, 
for being in big angles and, and selling tickets and, and bringing attention to WWF. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something where, uh, that, that run is highly underrated in my opinion. I, I actually think the WrestleMania three, that was the, to me, that was the second biggest draw of the card. And, uh, and them being on before intermission, it was kind of like you break it up into two, two separate cards, and they had the uh, the main event of the first half of the show, and you know Hogan Andre, the true main event of the whole deal with the uh, you know Steamboat and and Savage stealing the show. I, I do kind of wish they'd have given his figure a, a tougher pose, though. <laughs> I think it fits. Oh. You know what I loved about playing with that figure is like his hand was perfect for slapping someone right across the face. <laughs> that That is definitely true. Didn't it come out kind of shortly after his death? I feel like it hit sometime in summer or fall of 87 when uh, Adrian had already, had already gone. Um, definitely cool that it was uh, one of the ones you found. Um, did you collect Hasbro's or any other figures after the LJN craze was done? Yeah, so when I got into it, Hasbro was probably into the second series, so I dove into the Hasbro's. For me, I stopped collecting in 1988, and then I started collecting again maybe eight years ago. Uh, have you been along for the ride, the... Uh, the entire time or uh as far as collecting figures just through all the different lines yeah that's that's actually the secret to the size of my collection is i started at nine ten years old and i never stopped so yeah i started with the hasbros went back to the ljns um and then kind of dabbled in everything ever since did you even go back for like Remco's and Poppies and that kind of stuff? Um, recently, I think around 2012, um, listening to Fully Posable, they got me interested in the Remco's and I went to a toy show and they had a whole bunch of them loose in a bin and I dove in and started buying Remco's of, of course, all except the, the crazy difficult ones to get. Um, as far as the popies now, that's, that's nothing I've ever gotten, gotten the spark to get into. Me either. I didn't even pronounce it right. So that tells you, <laughs> I mean, they're fine. They just, they don't do it for me. I, I don't have any nostalgia for them. They, they don't look fun to me, but I mean, I, I respect them for being kind of trailblazing. Definitely, and and looking at what you have on Twitter, it looks like uh, your collection. You've you've probably got a ton of Jacks and Mattel, and I'm sure you're into the new Coliseum collection and the new Powertown. Uh, what? Tell me about the the latest stuff you're collecting. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, I love the the Legends lines that they're releasing. Anything to plug in the holes of those Legends, the 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 older wrestling stuff. That and I've been working with jason wolf a lot to do some customs too oh awesome like uh, almost everyone i talk to is a big fan of jason wolf i i wish i had some of his figures but man he's just the creativity and uh and and, and the talent that he's got it just blows me away yeah he has an amazing mind when it comes to stuff like this like i will talk with him i have him do 
WWE elite style customs of guys that I don't think are going to be made. And I'll just throw an idea off him. And within like a minute or two, he's coming back to me with like what body I need, what boots I need and stuff like this. And he just has like a photographic memory for this stuff. And, and anybody out there listening that doesn't know about Jason Wolf, just um, if you go to art of Jason Wolf on Twitter, you can see some of his stuff. Um, as far as uh, the big John stud LJN, uh, not only his LJN, but also the wrestler. Uh, what do you, what are your memories of big John stud? Maybe the 89 rumble. Uh, uh, tell me what you think of uh, the wrestler and the figure. Yeah, sure. So I guess probably I remember him from the rumble. Yes. Winning that rumble. Um, I saw him at WrestleMania as the referee on tape. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first introduction of Big John Studd was him as the action figure. Because as I said, my brother had his four LJN figures. And I remember wanting to to play wrestling with him, even though I didn't know what wrestling was. And Big John Studd was the figure that I gravitated to. Just based on the fact that, I mean, he had the long blonde hair. I'll admit, at that time, I thought he was Hulk Hogan. I remember asking my brother multiple times, and he's like, no, it's not. It's Big John Stud. Stop asking me that. But I'm like, he's big, he's blonde, he's got red, white, and blue on. He's got to be Hulk Hogan, right? I'm going to cut to the chase. It's one of my favorite LJN figures. I love it. Nice, nice. I loved it. I mean, I think it's a good likeness of him. I love the girth of it. But playing with it as a kid, it was super fun. The way his arms were... You could bend it into a, a like a like sleeper hold. You could body slam with it. The way his legs were, you could give him. He could do like a nice leg drop. But the most fun I had with him was using the hook of those arms to kind of, um, you know, like I'm blanking on the move. It's a rudimentary wrestling move that they don't call on TV anymore. Like hip toss. There we go. You could sure. talk guys so good when you were playing with Big John Stud. Yeah, Big John Stud always reminded me the most of like uh, you know a superhero type figure. So I could see, uh, I could definitely see how you would you would gravitate gravitate towards Big John Stud. Yeah, so I had a lot of fun with that, and uh, being the younger brother, I was always trying to tag along, and he was always trying to kick me out. And one day he threw Big John Stud at me. Whoa. I ducked. And for the rest of our lifetime in that home, there was a red and white streak on his bedroom door where Big John Stud hit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's good stuff. And although the the Big John Stud in my collection is that very one, it's missing some paint, but I know where that paint is. Yes, you sure do. Um, where, where are you at on your ratings for Big John Stud? Does he get a uh, a perfect five? What what do you think? He, he gets a perfect five from me. He's he's one of my favorite LJN figures. I mean, he looks great. He plays great. I don't see anything wrong with it. Wow, that's that's so cool, man. Uh, I I love I love about this whole line, just the nostalgia and how with all the different uh, figures and all the different years they were made and the different ages of everybody it's it's just it's so cool to find out who uh 
who stuck out for for certain people and you know now we find out that uh big john stud was the the first favorite for nate at ring skirts <laughs> yeah as i said um hasbro's were the first ones that i bought my first one was hasbro hacksaw jim duggan but since i had no other people he was going against big john stud in a uh cardboard beer box that i used for a ring to begin with very cool do you remember what kind of uh beer it was <laughs> yes i do it was genesee which is a local new york state cheap beer <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good stuff. I was I was wondering if it would go back, be something like uh, Schlitz or Hams or something, but it, it went sideways, which uh, I'm glad it did. A regional beer that's that I didn't know about. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Genesee. <laughs> do, do they still make it? They do. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. You're gonna have to uh, get a Genesee the next time you're out on town, just just for old times' sake. When I when I was in college, I went out my hometown, and there was a bar that sold Genesee drafts for a quarter, and that that would have been in the early two thousands. So beer for a quarter that's a pretty good deal. It makes it makes you sound old. Tell <laughs> that somebody you got beer for a quarter, they're gonna think you're in your late fifties. <laughs> oh man. Um, so, uh, would you be interested in coming back and, and, uh, visiting again so we can go over Hillbilly Jim? Let's do it. Excellent. This is, uh, 80s wrestling fan Brian saying, uh, so long for another episode of Legendary Wrestling Figures. Nate, I really want to thank you for being on the show. Very welcome. Thanks for having me. You bet. Everybody out there, thanks so much for listening and, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.